Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Welcome to the sweet, sweet sounds of the Tyler and Lenny show. <laughs> you want to do the intros? Uh, oh, I don't care. Let's, we we can be go back and forth. We can't be the the, the, the open air. Yeah, kind of. Okay. This week. Okay, I can do it. Okay. We are hanging out in Montana Gallery, and it's Monday, a little after 12 o'clock. We're going to give you guys some some bull, some wisdom. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm okay, what's the next thing? I guess uh, we've got the Jaxi. Do we have oh, the Jaxi? Oh, yeah, yeah, we do have the Jaxi Minute. Okay, Let me, as uh, always, we'll... We'll yeah. start out with the Jaxi Minute. A little, uh, a little finesse, a little caress on the last week's podcast. Okay. So, let me pull that up right here. Jaxi Minute here. Wow, what an amazing previous podcast episode. Uh, 10 out of 10 recommend that you listen to it. Tyler, that poem reading was epic. So great. And yes, I have to just comment that I feel like this episode has a lot to do with friendship and how important it is to be a good friend and to have good friends. That's my takeaway from the Night of Infinite Faith and and who Tom Bombadil was, essentially. So I have to do a quick plug for the Hinterlands podcast hosted by Abram Hagstrom. I recently did an episode with him where we discussed Jordan Peterson's Rule 3, Healthy Friendships. And uh, I think everyone should check it out. Followers of the Lenny and Tyler show would probably super dig it. So um, also, I'm on the episode, so super dig that too, right? Anyway, uh, thanks, Tyler and Lenny. That was a really great episode. (laughs) <laughs> nice. Uh, I love that. <clears throat> yes, absolutely. Go check out the Hinterlands podcast, and we should have Abram on here. Yeah, sometime we'll that in, for sure in the near future. Um, yeah, that's a really good episode with Jaxie. She's making, she's making the podcast rounds, yeah. man. She's getting everybody <laughs> loves her. She should probably just have this podcast just just, just, of us. just take it over. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, Jaxie. I'm glad that you liked the poem, and glad you liked the last episode. I'm... That surprised me. <laughs> uh, she did mention uh, this week, the only other comment that I had heard previous to just hearing that minute was just how she was like, oh, the echo made, made it so hard to hear. So this, yeah, Hopefully yeah. this sounds a little bit better, and we'll keep getting better and better. Yeah, we probably should just record this at my house where there's less echo but i think we should build a blanket fort up yeah. here and just sit in the blanket fort <laughs> yeah with the ac off with the in, yeah the just hot. sweat lodging oh, and just God. whatever comes out that's the that's the real truth it's probably about <clears throat> 10 degrees hotter up here in my studio than it is <laughs> down, down in the gallery in right. the gallery yeah. um well, nice i I, yeah. I like that um well, right before I don't know if you want to get into this, but we could. Right before we started recording, we were talking about the protest that went by in front of the gallery yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so there was a uh, big, mainly Black Lives Matter protest. Um, definitely by far the most people I have ever seen come out for a protest in Billings. And 
Um, also a lot of um, really large weaponry was being carried around. Yeah. <laughs> and so tensions were kind of high, but everything went down peaceably and I think everybody was glad they came out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you just made an interesting comment about how in some ways the Black Lives Matter movement and uh, Second Amendment rights people are kind of finding common ground in um, distrust of the government, right? Yeah, or, and, yeah. And, and needing and protection from sure. authority. Right. The idea like we need to have protections in place in case authority goes wrong. And yeah, so the Second Amendment people have, you know, have think that like weaponry would be able to protect them from that. And the, you know, the black and a lot of ethnic communities have felt unprotected by authority. And that's what so much of this is coming out of is that yeah. they are, <clears throat> they have way more, way more authority coming down on them than a lot of the rest of us do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yesterday was the emotions, the emotional energy was high, Yeah. Was. but it was encouraging to see there was a little bit of, of anger back and forth that I saw between various people. But for the most part, it was it went smooth, pretty smooth. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you know, I got a message from <laughs> a, a couple a couple episodes back on the podcast. I talked about a kid who who was one of my best friends growing up, and he would occasionally get. I I hope he never listens to this, but and I don't know that he would care or argue or like feel bad about this, mm -hmm. but like he got. I feel like he got bullied more than. More than what was right. Yeah, yeah. And and he was like one of my best friends, and I've tried to stand up for him um, several times, and and just be his friend when when uh, a lot of people weren't. And we haven't talked in we see we've seen each other maybe three times in the last ten years, but right before this uh, protest or like on Friday, I got a email from him saying like, hey. Are you worried at all about your gallery um, th this weekend for the protest? And if so, if you want another uh, a big guy with a big truck and a gun there to help keep it safe, I'm here for you. Yeah. And I, I, I was kind of I'm kind of touched by that. Like yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I think that th I heard that from a lot of people who a lot of my friends who were part of the protest yesterday as they were talking about the different people who had guns that for the most part they realized these people are here to help protect make sure that nothing goes wrong uh with the businesses yeah yeah and, and of course like probably a lot of people were like i would rather not <laughs> just have any of that but mm -hmm. but yeah yeah, yeah the, the the some underlying motives of you know intimidated intimidation or whatever to <clears throat> to keep things yeah keep things the way they are rather than have things change but yeah it seems like at least at least in name and when people a lot of them were asked they were just like we're just here to protect against you know people ruining the businesses that are down here and yeah. so <clears throat> there's a couple yeah there's a couple definite gangs biker gangs that seemed a little more like intimidating and kind of like casing around mm. um but yeah for the most part everybody did really great yeah yeah so Thank you, God, for keeping Billings uh, safe yesterday. And um, 
I, in the last week, have week and a half, have been really trying to you know make sense of everything, and and I've been trying to find some perspective, and you know, so of course I have to go to my my <laughs> my go-to guy and see if he had anything to say about that could be relevant. Some good old G.K. Chesterton. I was gonna say Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, actually, Rollins has been helpful in this, too. He, his latest episode on the public of the fundamentalists is a really good one on Kierkegaard's idea of what is the public and how do we become individuals and how do we not just, not just go with the flow of public uh, popular discourse. Right. How do we not rebel against that and not overly conform to it. Yeah. Um, but rather, how do we be be individuals uh, who think for ourselves? Yeah, and, and have good. the courage to say at times what is unpopular. Right. And sometimes, sometimes to also with have the courage the pu- to whatever to, the public yep. quote says. Yeah. I think that's the and that's the hard part is it takes mental and emotional energy to sort through that stuff because or even like like even the intentions of any group that's doing some protest for anything you know there's there's this tendency to like grab any marginalized group that will come out with you and then use their frustration of being marginalized to help push your agenda as well and so and every single human being that was out there has had a different life experience on top of that. So not everybody's going to agree on the same thing. Like, in fact, <clears throat> um, our friend Hunter Benjamin was one of the one of the black speakers that was there for the event. And he's probably even more conservative than I am <laughs> on a lot of things. Mm. And so I was, I was just really happy to see a diversity of opinions being allowed to speak. Yeah. And, like, a d- diversity of experiences. Um, but it does. It takes a lot of emotional and mental and like self almost like dying to yourself work to come up with what you actually believe about something it's a lot easier to just see what's popular or just take somebody some talking heads point of like what is right yeah and be like yeah i agree with that person most of the time so i'm just gonna go on this yeah and and run with that you know and then you just become part of the public you know part of the popular idea or the yeah you can like i think on that episode, Rollins talks about the difference between belief, opinion, and rumor. Mm, and good. yeah, like you're yeah. saying, belief is, that requires a lot of hard work to really drill down to what do I believe about X. Opinion um, is maybe... Well, I think you don't want to change that either because it takes work to get to a belief. You also are really hesitant to move those. Yeah. It's going to take so much energy to... To allow yourself to even like contemplate changing those. Yeah. And, and then I guess opinion. Um, I, I guess maybe I'm not, I don't remember. But then like rumor is like we can sure. so easily post um, like this is just something that I, that the, I hear that they're saying. Or, you yeah. know, like we repost somebody else's opinion. The they and yeah. the, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um Anyways, I went back and I did find uh, an art, an essay. Of, um, actually, Abram uh, gave me a book uh, full of essays by Chesterton. And so I was flipping through that in the last week, seeing if there was anything. 
that might give some perspective. Um, and he actually did write an essay on the efficiency of the police. Mm. And so I took some time to try to rewrite that. Chesterton's. Chester, yeah. Chesterton's thing in kind of my own words yeah. to try to make sense of, like to try to get his cool. point. So I guess I'll share that with you real quick. Um, actually, I'll pull it up on the computer. So, in America, there is a problem of over-policing, and we're sick of it. Okay, <laughs> so th I guess this might be a little... I want to, just to clarify, like, I want to talk about how we are policing in all sorts of different realms. We mm -hmm. are over-policing mm -hmm. in all sorts of different realms. So it used to be that we didn't want the law involved in trivial things, or there used to be this maxim that's like, the law is not for petty things. It's, or it shouldn't be involved in small things. things. Just for the, yeah. big, the big deal. Yeah. But these days, it's literally not a stretch to say that if we so much as breathe on our neighbor, we're liable to have the cops called on us. Any good parent knows precisely when to step in. Mom, he's breathing on me typically and rightly goes unpoliced. Though our moms didn't give us the time of day, luckily we can run to our keyboards to find comfort online. <laughs> One old jolly writer from our past put it thus, instead of law being a strong cord to bind what it is really possible to bind, it has become a thin net to cover what it is really impossible to cover. It is the nature of a net so stretched to break everywhere and the practical result of our bureaucracy is something very near to anarchy. He went on to say that, of course, not all our problems of lawlessness can be attributed to our fascistic passion for making laws. Like the ragged stone in Cain's hand, every tool ever made has the potential to bring life or death. He wrote of the rise of the Zeppelin, a beautiful feat of human ingenuity used for terrifying ends in war. These days, the tool in question is our phones. And maybe now, as I've thought on this, like I would say it's not only our phones, it's also the police at like the institution of our police force yeah. also. But the phone, anyways, is a double-edged sword, double-edged weapon, uh, equaled only by our tongues. Uh, no, over-policing doesn't begin or end with the boys in blue. It starts and ends with each of us and our eagerness to police every possible scenario. We've sacrificed common sense to a mile-long list of what-ifs. We demand order in every area of our lives and forget to demand it of ourselves in the one place that might actually be of some use, our thinking. That's just me trying to mm -hmm. rewrite a Chesterton line and yeah. make it my own. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's a little... Whatever. It's uh, good. The greatest things, I think this is probably the best part of, of this little thing, is that the greatest things are not great because of an abundance of conditions or rules mm. that need to be met. In fact, the greatest things are often tied to a single condition, a single rule that needs to be kept. Cinderella was free to dance as long as she was home by midnight. Paradise was ours for the keeping as long as we kept one rule. Love burns with brilliance as long as it's not demanded. A clear head in the morning is possible as long as you don't overdrink the night before. 
Art is never great because it checks a number of boxes. Art is great when it uses a number of boxes, or pens, or brushes, or all sorts of material, or melody, or prose, or whatever, to fulfill one condition, telling the truth. Story Night is wonderful not because of a list of rules. It's great because it only has one. Try to keep it under 10 minutes. Anything beyond begins a downward spiral of selection that leads to the creation of echo chambers. And there's nothing new in an echo. With the loss of nuance, the capacity for substantive change shrivels and dies. Like a university, social media, or story night, or any of these tools has the capacity to make the world larger. But as we block and unfriend and start to select with, uh, and put things in a box, then we, then we make it smaller. Another part of the problem today is just that it's fun to make rules. It's fun to make vows. It's not always fun to keep them, but it's damn fun to be a part of a club that gets us goose-stepping like brainless hyenas in The Lion King. One look at movies like Jojo Rabbit or Death of Stalin shows how such clubs of men ooze with a perverted enjoyment. We're fooling ourselves if we think we've overcome or, over, or that we've grown beyond these desires. Perhaps there isn't a way around this, but I think at least recognizing this tendency and owning up to it is the first. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's, yeah, that's good thoughts. So mostly just that our desire to just put rules on everything. Right, yeah. And, and I wonder if a big part of the problem, like I heard this podcast, I think it was This American Life or something, and they were um, just talking about how, you know, police have like these different quotas that they have to fulfill. Mm-hmm. So there's this, and, and that all trickles back up to the, like a mayor who needs to be able to point to certain numbers to say how effectual or ineffectual yeah. things are. Yeah. yeah. And it's that <clears throat> obsessiveness with counting and rulemaking and, and, st- uh, um, systematizing, systematizing yeah. and stats and yeah. all this that instead of just like f- trying to distill it down to like, do the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> Tell the truth. You yeah. know. Yeah. Be kind. Yeah. <laughs> Be kind to the other person. Yeah. yeah. Just the simplest thing of and we find so many ways to violate that or to weasel around it or make exceptions. Go go to court to prove that us not being kind was the right thing. Or, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And yeah, and we yeah, just have maybe it's this desire for to be superior to somebody else to to get into a club, to create a club, make all your secret handshakes, have your uniforms, say the right things and police basically like police each other because then there's some security yeah, I think that. it does. It comes down to security. Yeah. Yeah, new ideas and changes to your environment are are difficult, and so we try to like insulate ourselves from 
from any of those changes. And so we've set up the rules or set up the who's allowed and who's not, yeah. you know, to, to make sure that the, the comfortability that we found is protected, you know? And yeah. so, I think, but it's just, it just ends up being so much less, it's harder, but it's so to not have that, but it's so much like more fulfilling. It's so much less fulfilling to just stay in your insular group. Yeah. Only the things that you will allow each other. And then even then you kind of see that even within like a, let's say within a church or whatever, that there are other ideas but they're never spoken or you know that so-and-so and these people might kind of think this but they would never say it and so I think you, you start to like almost cannibalize each other from the inside out even when you do make those clubs and you know systems and rather than just accepting the fact that there's gonna be a, a large variety like that people are very different from each other sometimes and there's gonna be a large variety of opinions and thoughts and ways that people go about life yeah. What, as like as a parent, what? Uh, how do you feel about you know not having a long list of, or how do you guys police your kids? Oof, that's is it a good a, question? Do you do you do a lot of list of things, or, or is it <laughs> more like this idea of like keep one, like have one rule? Yeah, thing, yeah. Or a few, few. I mean, rules. there's the. It sounds so cliche, but just the golden rule is right. so good, you know? Yeah. It's like, hey, would you want your brother to yeah. punch you in the butt? <laughs> then don't punch him in the butt, you know? Like, yeah. it's not... <laughs> and then most of the time, if you can if you can really get someone or your kids or whatever to picture what it would be like being on the other side of that interaction, it's almost a no-brainer most of the time that they'd be like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't want that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be treated the way I'm treating this person. And so I actually have to think about my actions and how they're going to affect other people. Yeah. But that takes, yeah, I mean, that takes more work than not thinking about your actions. It's just nicer to do whatever you want, whenever you want, yeah. and go about it. But yeah. you're going to, yeah, you're going to hurt people along the way. And so, yeah, I think just, there's, there's you know, some, like, there's, like, more minor rules. Or kind of, like, especially, I think, with child rearing, it's, like, see what's going to be a problem and just make rules around those things rather than coming into it and be like, oh, when I'm a parent, I'm going to have, they'll never do this and they'll always do this and da 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 But each kid is just their own different human being mm-hmm. and they're all going to respond to, they're all going to respond to stuff different too. So they'll have different needs and different like rules that they'll need put up for them Yeah, and they're going to respond to love and discipline in their own, their own way as well. So. Yeah. It's easy to think it was really easy before being a parent to be like, oh, I know how I'd raise my kids, you know, but they end up being their own unique human beings that have a whole set of emotions and experiences that you have to learn as well, so. In, uh, in, like, you and Jaxie's relationship, has there ever been times where it's kind of like, hey, let's, just as long as we stick to this one, to this one thing, um, or don't cross this line? Hmm. You know, well, mar- I mean, marriage in general is kind of one we'll be- of those rules. I mean, some people I, there's like a lot of rules you can attach to a marriage, I suppose, or to a contract or a yeah. covenant. Yeah, you know, but your the the main overarching one is just like, like stay faithful to this person. Yeah. Like when there's lots of people to take care of, like this is you will always be at the top of the list of people to take care of first. You know, and committing to that, and that's super important. 
because yeah. it just yeah like I said, it gives you that yeah that one stabilizing and like the whole world can change around that but it gives you kind of one north star to kind of like yeah keep leaning on or to kind of like keep redirecting towards when you get spun around yeah so like i i do wonder i um am just just starting into um a relationship with a girl that it's like we're trying to figure out if we want what it is yeah yeah, if we want to pursue um a romantic relationship or just be friends but we're trying to intentionally uh just hang out in over the next couple months and i like after hanging out with her this weekend i was like okay, I need some time now to get back to, to like process all of this. And it made me think about how, like when Jesus says, love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul, mm-hmm. and love your neighbor as yourself. Like, as long as I check back in <clears throat> right. with God and, and go, okay, like, Father, yeah. how, how should I... How do you think I should treat them, or what's the next yeah, thing? Yeah, how how do you see them? I don't think even people that don't then have all of a sudden it gives me direction of like okay now here's and so I get pushed back into trying to go love them and and then I do that for a while and then and then I need to check back in because mm-hmm. I think otherwise you're just relying on your own human willpower and fortitude which is like gonna fail us eventually yeah so you have to have something that's like. That I guess the thing about belief, you know, you have something bigger than yourself. That's what you can lean on. Um, and I think even people that don't like have that religious background, like know how helpful it is to like sit quietly, yeah, and really like think through honestly with yourself why you're doing what you're doing. <laughs> you know, like what are my intentions? Why am I doing this? Being honest with yourself, being honest with the universe of what what's going on, and yeah. then we can then when you go back into the situations, you have a way clearer way yeah more substantial way of living than just intentional living yeah what's the right way yeah yeah what's the treat what's what, or just what's the not even like what's 10 steps down the road but like what's the next the correct next step that i yeah. can do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when we just that's the one thing i really liked about the covid shutdown stuff i think a lot of people had way more time to kind of think about like i'm doing this every single day and i hate it and now that i have a chance to not do it i have you, you, it gave people breathing room to reconsider the things they were doing every day without thinking. You know, kind of like all their set patterns that we just don't stop to, we don't break out of, or it's too difficult, or it's too expensive, or it's too whatever to break out of those patterns. Yeah. It's, I, thought, I thought that was really helpful for people to be forced into kind of a break, forced into a Sabbath away from the way things are normally and think about their lives and if they want to keep doing what they're doing or change it up or, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. I think we got story night here tomorrow night. Tuesday night. We're going to say it is. Tuesday night at the gallery, 7 p.m. If you hear this before then, come on down. Um, Anything you want to talk about is fine. And keep it under 10 minutes. (laughs) 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 But if you you guys don't know what it is, it's just an open, open platform for people that gather around and listen to each other's stories and tell stories and um, there's not a lot of times that uh, 
we just get to talk to a room full of people and so it's kind of encouraging people to try that out and say something that's either hilarious or that they've been thinking about or that they're processing um we're just doing that as a as a group of humans all together yep it's beautiful you got any any other topics that you want to bring which we could we could call this an episode right now we're at 30 minutes 30 minutes um We've already gone. Yeah, over I guess just the only other thing of stuff. The only we can kind of just touching back on what we were talking about before, but like movements are just a whole bunch of individual people with individual experiences, and even each marginalized group is different from the other one. And quickly ascribing right and wrong and blame and help to anybody is. It's just it just is kind of short sighted, and there's going to be positives and negatives being presented from, and sometimes they're like inordinately negative, you know. Yeah. And, and then you should take the time to like actually realize that that is a huge like if everyone around you is being destructive with their words and actions all the time, that you should pay attention to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that um, things are so much more nuanced, and they, the second you think something's easy to understand, you probably just don't know enough of it. Mm-hmm. my takeaway is um, to look in my life at the different ways in which I I try to control everything mm, and put rules and put everything into a box is there another way is, and um, so in in different areas I'm like okay maybe maybe let's not put a lot of rules on this but Maybe there is like one rule I shouldn't mm-hmm. put on this. I think that kind of like leaves a lot of trust in the hands of other people as well. Yeah. But we also know that those other people are going to fail us at some point. So we mm-hmm. like, again, so then we put up more rules to protect ourselves. But it's so fulfilling when you trust other people and they then deliver on that trust. Uh-huh. And that's what like, that's what makes life special. Yeah. So. And the other thing too that I would ask myself and, and, you and like is to look for the ways in which it we overly enjoy in kind of a perverted way putting rules on yeah, things policing each other yeah 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 the, the internalized police yeah in, in each of us mm. yeah that's good i haven't heard it put that way but yeah yeah and that is kind of that's sort of like the greatest of the seven deadly sins is that pride which mm. leads to that superiority and that desire to to be God Almighty. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Oh, other culture corner. Mm. Um, I think water bottles on stickers covering water bottles I think is out. I don't think that's a thing anymore. I'm drinking out of a water bottle covered in stickers right now, but I think it's over. Really? So just just putting it out there. Well then I'm glad I was an individual this whole time because I never got into that. Why do you say that's over? <laughs> I don't know. Just, just a just to be outlandish blanket statement okay. that it's been popular for a while, and so therefore this pendulum swing is gonna. Uh, go. We're okay. going, we're going away. <laughs> have how have sticker sales been? Um, yeah, decent, pretty, pretty standard. <laughs> okay. yeah. No, I have no data to back this up. Yeah, this is complete. Also, might as well just shoot yourself in the foot. Declare like, uh, retail wise. 
Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I think that art... Come is, by, I yeah. just kind of think art is out. Like, it's really not... Just I think that was just a physical fad. medium anymore. Yeah. It's just over. Yeah. yeah, just have blank walls. Yeah. Um, pendulum swing. Yep. <laughs> well, actually, I wonder if there will be a pen because we we have been so into kind of minimalism. Right. Yeah. Um, but not everybody, I guess. But mm-hmm. I wonder if but it was more popular than it has been over. You know, for yeah, millennials and minimalism were very hand in hand. And it might be like even during this uh, COVID time, how you know we all spent a lot of time in our homes, and it. I I know I got to um, really make my home a lot nicer. Part of that was my grandma passed, and I inherited mm. a lot of really nice things <laughs> by default. By default, mm. but also you know went through and tried to get rid of a lot of things that I oh, didn't need. And I know a lot of people are gardening a lot and. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, getting into home decor and stuff. Mm-hmm. So hey, you know, you never know. Yeah, if you need some art. Oh man, we should talk about getting rid of stuff on the next podcast. Oh really? Or okay. On what? On a podcast. All right. You guys have a big. Perch. I just think it's yeah, it's one of those like counterintuitive things. that's way better. You know, yeah. you think that acquiring more things is going to help you. And just I guess that's the minimalism talking. But... <laughs> Ugh. All right, everybody. Uh, Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. See ya. Be good to yourselves.